Welcome to another episode of the Lisa Ann Experience with me, Lisa Ann. We're going to spend a little time together, of course, playing catch up, chatting with a friend, and the wild, wild emails in the Ask Lisa Ann mailbag segment. Don't forget, if you are enjoying my podcast, subscribe. You'll get it first. You'll love it first. And more than anything, like a kid in school, I'm looking for those stars on my homework project. So please give me some stars. Maybe write a review. Help me along the way as I stay in your ear and we have some fun together. After getting out little bits by little bits, I think we're all feeling the excitement of seeing our friends and having a couple drinks and preparing for football season, baby. That's right. To sit home all day, Sundays, drinks, snacks, TVs, it's going. And fantasy football season is in like full torque right now. I have logged from September 6th to September 9th. I now have 10 drafts within that time frame. Some drafts will be happening two at a time. So I'll have multiple computers going, but I'm super hype about it. And you know, I was doing the live again. I do a live Instagram live takeover every Saturday night when there's a big UFC event at Bavada. And I'm really starting to engage and know who my people are and in that room and so many questions about the upcoming football season, but it's no longer is the football season going to happen? We have now progressed to win totals, which players you're putting ahead of other players, sleepers. Yes, Scotty Miller in Tampa Bay with Tom Brady is my sleeper right now. Wide receiver, the fact that he's got that same Wes Welker, Julian Edelman trait that we know Tom Brady really loves. Don't sleep on Scotty Miller. Uh, so all of these conversations are just becoming so much more exciting and so much more rich with body. It's pushing the fear that we were living into seven months ago and, and just pushing it aside. We understand what we're up against, but now we have the great escape to enjoy the work of others while we sit on our asses and just watch sports along with basketball, which has been incredibly exciting for everyone, unless you are a Philadelphia 76ers fan. Like I, I'm really sorry for all of you. You know, I, Grew up a 76ers fan. You know you have incredible team. It's not working out. It's not working out at all. But what is working out is Florida. You know, we always see these news stories. Man in Florida. Woman in Florida. Well, my favorite Florida news story last week is that over the next two years in Florida, they're releasing 750 million genetically modified Male mosquitoes. That's right. That's what you are in store for. They will not bite you. You could be happy that they will not bite you, but they're trying to trick the females that do bite us, that do take the blood, spread it to the male, and then diseases start to spread amongst other animals and things. They're going to see if this female is smart enough to know that this male is a genetically modified. He's almost like a mosquito sex doll. That's really the way I look at it. Is she going to mate with him? Is he going to be easier to deal with? Will his personality be better than an actual real male mosquito? This is for those of you in Florida. If you have any reports on this, please, once they start dropping like flies, email me Ask Lisa Ann at Gmail. Also, mailbag is right there as well. It's always flooded. It's always exciting. We'll get to that later. But today I have a very special interview, an interview that inspired me through many ways of meeting somebody and then falling down the rabbit hole and learning more about them and seeing how they live their life. And I think 2020 has been a test to see those who can remain positive in one of the most Weird, bizarre, negative, tumultuous, stressful, 
years we've ever lived in our lives. And those people have shined to me. And those people that are smiling on their social media every day, shooting videos, putting out content, and just like really keeping that I am thriving no matter what mindset. That is who I have coming to you right now. That is my friend, Big Ev. You can follow him at Double Vodka Don at Instagram and Twitter. It is D-O-U-B-L-E, vodka like you like to drink, V-O-D-K-A, and Don. D-O-Don, D-O-N for the Don Juan. What up, Big Ev? How are you? What an intro. What an intro. You deserve it. You were my first hug post-quarantine, which is something that like belongs in a book, right? That's an honor. That's an honor. But I remember we looked at each other that day and I knew I had to hug you. Like there was no doubt in my mind. I think that's been a quandary for some of us getting out and about in our lives again is are people comfortable with hugging and are there certain people that like you just know when you see them, you have to hug them. Yeah, it's, you know, it's funny because it's that weird, it's that weird line where it's like, I think there's certain things, for example, like I go home, like I see my mom and dad, like I'm going to give them a hug. But then maybe you might see yourself at a, at like a smaller social setting or maybe you just see someone out, I don't know at an outdoor restaurant or something. It's that weird where maybe there's like four people there and like, you'd like to give like one of them a hug, but not everyone a hug. So you don't give anyone a hug. You just kind of give the hello. I think almost in some ways it can kind of save you if your social graces aren't always, if that's something you find yourself in a jam in, because I think you can kind of get away with a confident like hello and just know you're not, you're making the active decision. You're kind of, you're taking the reins on the situation. It's and funny. Saying, I'm not going to hug anyone. I just got faced with that for my first time this week on Monday. I went to meet with a group of my friends, which we have to go to Bryant Park Cafe. They have the tables so nicely spread out on a beautiful day under the umbrellas. It's awesome. But I was meeting a friend that I know very well that I hug every time I see him. But he was introducing me to a group of other friends. I'm like, well, now these are strangers. So obviously I'm not going to hug them. Right. So we just did like little fist bump and it was good. But There's so many things I want to talk to you about. And I think the first start of it all is we initially met through Barstool and I was automatically just gravitated towards you, right? Because you just have this incredible vibe, great energy. And then quarantine happened and you started this new project. But let's reverse and talk about how you actually got from Ohio to New York City to become such a big part of the mega empire that it is, Barstool Sports. Why? Well, for me, it's it's funny because so many things go through my head. There's so much that happened. I feel like it was like there's like a bunch of different little things that happened. So I, so I was at Ohio State. I was running and doing content for our, we have what they call Vice Ride Program. So it's basically our social media, our Barstool social media accounts at we have them now pretty much like every college. Right, because a lot of times Canada, they'll reach everywhere. out to me and say, hey, we're promoting this thing. Can you tweet it for us? And I, it always, if it's a Barstool affiliate at a campus, I do it. Yeah, they're, now they're everywhere. They're, they're like, they got them in schools in Europe, Canada, everywhere. So I was doing stuff with the Ohio State one my senior year. So this was 20, 2016, like 2015, 2016. Okay. And doing videos, doing content, stuff that whole year. It was going very well. So it gets into, I was actually kind of towards the end of the year. I guess I was, the, I didn't know it at the time. I started this series called Talking Bucks and I would do a weekly video. I'd break the score for the football game, kind of just make my little jokes, do my little shtick, whatever. And it started doing really well where then I didn't realize that no one else at the colleges had been doing like original content at the time. Wow. And then 
so that was kind of a big thing that I kind of was the first person that got like okayed, which I guess they were trying to make that leap, but no one had actually really done it. And then I came in, I thought that's just what I was supposed to do. That was what I wanted to do. So I just did it. It worked. And then kind of by the second semester, I was the only person like at any of the uh, accounts that was really like allowed to just like have the green light to do content on my own, whatever. So it gets to, I believe it was February. And to preface it, I kind of put all my chips into this basket. I really was like, if it didn't work out, I'm sure I would have figured it out. Of course you would have. But, but, but I really, my, my whole life, I think I always wanted to, I, my dream as a kid was always to be like, like a first take type show, like debate, like talk sports, like that whole kind of thing. As I got older, it was amazing finding Barstool because I definitely was always someone that was a little more like blatant, a little rough around the edges, was not afraid to just say something that uh, that wouldn't be like on ESPN. Like I definitely was never a suit and tie sure. buttoned up guy. That sure. was definitely never my thing. Sure. So then when I found Barstool, it was just like amazing class that it was like, I can do exactly what I want talking sports, but also be myself and just mess around and not take it like super, super serious, yada, yada. So put all my chips in this basket. I was really excited. Like things were going very well. I knew there was going to be intern interviews at some point towards the, like the end of the year, whatever. So then all of a sudden in, I believe it was February and like the middle of February, I actually, I actually wrote a paper that morning that was due that day for a, a sport research class. If you, if you don't and mind me interrupting, what did you major in at Ohio state? Sport industry. Okay. Okay. So you were channeling yourself there. You also knew young that you wanted to be a content creator, but you mm -hmm. also knew that you want to create your own content and have it be about your personality and not have to act that suit and tie mold. No. Cause I think, cause I think as a kid, like when I was, when I'm like 10, 12, 13, 14 years old, I mean, the only they're ESPN's it's kind of like the only game in town. Right. That, so yeah, I like, remember. All, like when you're a kid, like all, that was all I watched all day. Like ESPN was on the TV. If I was at home watching TV. That I can remember memorizing sports center to the point where I'd watched the rotation so many times. Mm -hmm. I knew exactly yeah. what home run was coming up and it didn't bother me. Like the more I watched it, the more I liked it. Same. No, I just literally, cause to me, I'm like a sponge. Like I just kind of, I just retaining things. So it just kept me kind of kept my eye on everything, just stay up to date on everything. Cause as a kid, they always like my, like my parents and it's kind of like my family, they always kind of be like, Oh, like kind of like the uh, sports encyclopedia thing. Like he just knows everything, like just very like up to date on everything that's going on. So, so February, February comes yep. up. Do you apply at Barstool? How does this go for you? So this is, Gonna go on a left field. I don't. I don't even know if you actually know the story. If I'm just, I kind of do, but I know my I listeners figured, need to hear know. it. <laughs> I figure you know to a degree. So, the funny thing is, this morning specifically, I was funny. Just side note: in college, I didn't have a laptop, so when I want to go to the when I want to write a paper, I would sit down in the library and just write it start to finish. Didn't matter how long it was. Have this there for ten hours. I'd sit down, write it start to finish. So this day, I finished this paper right before the class starts. Print it out go straight to the class. I was bordering on going to be late. And usually I was really didn't care too much about that. She was a stickler. It was kind of like an important class. So I, I like rushed, got there in time, like put the paper, like she was the one teacher, like had to have it hard copy. Like the only oh, teacher. Wow. Was wow. Okay. She was intense. So I went in there, like got there just on time, put the paper down, sat at my desk. Like I usually do in the back, usually on my phone constantly. For some reason, this class, 
I just didn't really look at my phone the whole time. So I get out of it. I've got like a bunch of text messages and I see one for a num- from a number that I didn't know. And it's just saying, hey, this is Gaz. So Gaz is kind of like the, he does, he's a day one guy at Barstool. If I had to kind of put like a name on him, I guess, almost say like sort of like a general manager, I feel like would be like a, a decent blanket statement to put on like what he does. And so I, it's a text from him and saying like, hey, like we want to like, we like what you've been doing, yada, yada. Like we want to have you in for an interview like the next time you're going to, like if you could be in New York. So I'm like, to me, this is everything I've been working for all year. I'm like, to me, I'm like this, like, they're, I'm going like, to get to New York. I'm going to get it's, there. It's like, they're, it's like the minor, like, I feel like I was in like minor leagues and I was like, they just like, they, they asked for the Called big you rights. Up. They called yeah, me yeah. up. Like, this is it. Like super excited. And there's so many red flags about it after the fact that I think in the moment I was just so excited and just not thinking that like this could like, that this would be like a thing. Like, I think they even used, I even I even checked. I remember the one thing I did, I checked the area code. And it even said, like, from Boston, where he's from. For some reason, that was enough for me to just be like, all right, like, it's good. So I go back, like, I go back to my house. Like, I show my friends I live with. They're super excited for me. Like, they're not, like, saying anything about it. Like, they're not thinking anything of it. No they're one just, is like, skeptical super... at this point because why no, would they be? All. This is what you've been doing. Right. Not at all. Super excited. Like, I've, I've gotten a lot of praise kind of from the program about, like, what I was doing. So – Put the last money I got into a flight. Thank God I live in New York. So I live about 45 minutes hour north of the city I grew up. So I have a place to stay. So it's easy for me. Like I just go home, like dad will pick me up from the airport, take the train in like that day. So the day I had to go in, I believe it was President's Day. So it's February 20th, I think. I've got the whole stick. I've got the Hawaiian shirt on, shorts. It's 20 degrees out. I'm coming like, like ready to pitch the spiel. Like this is it. Like I'm ready to like, this is the... Like, this is, like, I'm going to seize the day. Like, this is everything I've worked for my whole life is this day. This is my, like, mom's spaghetti on the sweater, like, Eminem moment. In my brain, this is all I'm like, this is it. Like, I'm the happiest guy in the world. This hour and a half train ride in. I used to do this little series on Instagram, like, the morning Mac in my little, like, morning motivation, whatever I'm feeling. And then this whole thing, like, this is it. Like, see, like, this is, like, like don't let anything get in your way. Like, like seize the moment. Like, like conquer your dreams, yada, yada, all this get get to the office there's usually someone at the bottom on the uh, like the reception desk sure there's not because it's president's it's president's day. day right so i'm out so i'm outside the door waiting i send a text to the to the number who texted me and say hey like i'm uh like i'm here i know i was like 45 minutes early i knew i was super early but i did know some guys in the office so then as i'm sitting there for about probably two three minutes two guys walk up that i know specifically tommy smokes and jack mag who I'd met in person, everything. So they like let me up, go up in the um, in the elevator with them. Gaz's desk at the time is right by where you get off the elevator. So I get off, walk right up to him, like, "Hey, how you doing?" Whatever. Does he kind of he shakes my hand, like says hello, what's going on? Doesn't really do much after that. Like doesn't say anything. So right there, I'm a little thrown off, but I'm like, all right, like maybe he's just super busy. I am right. super early. Right. I was just like, oh, like I'm gonna go over and talk to these guys. I knew a big table of guys guys that ran the college program, some of the guys that sat with them, that kind of thing. Go over, sit with them. The one guy starts talking to me who was like the head of it at the time, the college program. And he's asking me what I'm doing here, and I tell him. And I can tell he's definitely thrown off. And this is the moment where it's really starting to like hit me, where I'm like, is this like – because it did – because in the moment that he didn't know, it threw me off a little bit too. Because in my head, even in that moment, I was kind of like, it's weird that he wouldn't know. Right, right, so, right. 
So he walks over and talks to Gaz. This is when I'm really like, it's all hitting me at once. And I'm trying to tell myself, like, don't, like, don't, like, you're overthinking, you're overthinking it. But then the rational part of my brain was, I don't think you're overthinking it. I think you know exactly what's going on. Of course. So then he comes over, he he comes back over. He's like, hey, like, can I talk to you in the room? And I'm like, yep. I'm like, this is it. I'm like, this, this happened. So before we go in the room, before I even shut the door and sit down, I'm like, did I get punked? And he just looks at me and just nods his head. He's like, yeah, you did. And I just, in my head, there's this like swarm of emotions where just like, where I'm almost, I wasn't even that cynical in the moment. I just was almost laughing at myself, but I was like, how dumb am I? That I just like bought this like last second flight, like all the money I had, college kid, like not, don't have a lot of money. Like just bought it all, bought a flight, flew here, like took a train in, like all the way here, all excited, like flexing on everybody, like, like. Like you're hype. Hype. you're hype. You're you're living your dream right now. You and are the, you manifested it, and here you think you're on your way to it until you finally get there and realize what what nobody knows why just, I'm here. It was just so crazy because all these I'm coming up, all these emotions, and especially because I don't Ohio State, it was a weird spot where like I was getting a ton, like so many people would like come up to me and like take pictures and like love what I was doing, all this, but then you would have like the haters and all these people that talk shit in the comments. So then all those people are popping on my mind, like, oh, my God, like, they're going to have a field day with this. Like, I look like such a dumbass. I understand then, that. Yep. So I, I'm like, I, I asked the kid, I'm like, do you, what do you think? Like, should I just, should I, like, go try to talk to Dave or should I just, like, sit this, like, wait another time? Like, should I just kind of, like, take a step back, like, pick my spots? And he, w- he was like, I w- he was like, I would just leave. He was like, you'll get another chance. Like, he was like, you'll get, like, a time to come in and at least, like, interview or something for an internship. So I'm like, in my head, I'm like, all right. Like, oh, how heartbroken so were I, you in so that moment? Just, so I pulled the quick Irish. Like I just got out of that room. I beeline to the door. I think I happened to actually see one kid I knew kind of on his way in, on my way out. We, I kind of just said hello and just straight to the door out. I get back, I get to the train. And then in the, I remember I went to take this video outside of the train and I think I took it and I didn't love it. And I just like put my phone down for a second, got on the train and that that whole way on the train, I probably was like the most depressed I've ever felt in my whole life. I was, I I swear, like I wanted to. Well, because you felt like you went to your highest high and then you went to your lowest low in a very short period of time. That is a emotional fucking roller coaster right there. It was the rug just got pulled out from under my feet. I'm 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 just thinking, Oh my God, like all these people, because I'm embarrassed to have to like tell like my parents. I'm embarrassed to tell like, of course. tell like my friends. We don't want the naysayers to be happy with our demise. And we also don't want to admit that maybe we over uh, accepted something graciously without investigating it more. Like we just don't want to admit when we're wrong, especially when you're doing well and you know there's people already chipping away at you that are going to find that's going to be gratifying to hear something this negative. All it, The noise in your head just gets so loud in a huge moment like that when it's diffused. And really, there was no wrongdoing on your part at all. So did you make it home before you heard back from Barstool? So he was, so the kid who runs the uh, college program, he was texting me when I was on the way home and he was like, yo, can you send me screenshots of the conversation? Like they want to write a blog about this. And then in my head, I'm like, I'm thinking, I'm, and then, but he's trying to assure me, he's assuring me like, this is going to be good for you. Like, he's like, I, like, he was like, trust me. So I'm like, okay. Like I send him all the things. So then this is probably around like one in the afternoon. So I'm, I'm not thinking much of it. 
I'm on the way home from the train. So then I get back to the train. I get in my car that was parked at the train station. And then I'm like, this is, I'm like, I have to get in front of this. Like, I can't let someone else like dictate the story. I need to like tell my story. Sure. So I just put the, just put the phone up and just started talking, did my little rant. I basically just kind of like took it on the chin and just was like, you know what? Like, fuck it. Like, I think I just said something on that. I was like, just like, I was like, my balls got bigger from this. Like they just grew and something. And I just had this whole thing that I was like, just said what happened just completely. Like I'm a dumbass. Like, and just kind of took it on the chin, kept it pushing. So then that night at like probably seven or eight o'clock, the blog goes up and it's from Dave. It's from Dave himself. So wow. Dave obviously has this figure at the time. Like I'm like, I that, just seeing Dave in person was like crazy like that day. And just someone who I'd watched so much and just like idolized so much was such a fan of. And then, so the blogs from minutes say like must watch like, like a dumb Ohio state student gets like pranked, whatever by Michigan, like to come in for like a fake interview, something like that. So I'm reading it and there's an editor's note that it's basically just, so this guy, Jack Mack, who's one of our college football guys, he's and like uh, social media people. He wrote the blog and he was someone who had been a big fan of mine. had been very supportive. He's clo like close tied with the college program as well. So he had seen everything I had done and the work I put in. So he definitely, he told the story but he wrote it in a very like favorable way to me, like plugged a lot of my content and said that I was like his favorite vice right at the, in the program and that I worked really hard. So he kind of painted it this nice way. And then at the end, Dave added to it, or Dave was going to write the blog himself, but Jack Mack had already wrote it and he liked what he wrote because he didn't really know me and Jack Mack knew me. So he kind of allowed him to tell the story. And then Dave added onto the blog at the end, kind of like an editor's note and basically just said like, pretty much just said, even though I was like, like a dumb Ohio state fan, he's a Michigan guy, like Yankees guy. Like he's a, he's a Boston guy. He was like, I love everything about this kid. And I remember just reading that line and my heart just like, it just popped back up in my chest. Like it sank, it was back up. And then reading this thing, he's basically saying, he's like, like, and he basically was saying, oh, he loved my attitude. He loved like what I was about. I think he had watched some of the stuff I had done. And then he just said, like, we're, we're bringing him in for a real interview. And then my, and then my phone is blowing up everyone because he put, like, a must, a must read on it, which he only does that for, like, a couple a year. So it was, like, at the top of the page, like, forever, like, getting my phone's exploding. All these people are DMing me on Twitter, all, like, just everywhere. My phone's just, like, blowing You're up. You're getting like, more you know, followers than you ever had. You're probably getting more people crazy. looking over your work, reading your other columns that you'd things that you'd written, your blogs, your video content. Like, your stuff had all eyes on it in a very roundabout way. This worked. How long was it from that time till you actually went in and had your actual interview? So, like I said, that was the end of February. I ended up getting to come in, I believe it was the end of March, I believe, or like the beginning of April. They had me come in. I remember I had a few dates were going to happen. They kept getting pushed back because Dave's a busy guy. So they eventually just said, come in. They were doing rounds of intern interviews from the college program. And they basically just said, come in. Everyone else is going to talk to Gaz. Like, you come in. You'll talk to Dave. Because if you're going to do content, like, you have to talk. Dave does that. So I remember I came in that day, stick again, a little warmer this time, shorts, Hawaiian shirt, all that, waiting to talk to him, waiting to talk to him. Then I remember I was downstairs waiting. Then 
Dave comes down and we're sitting down with all the, uh, the, all the like prospective interns. And I remember Dave, he walks by and he kind of just stops. He's like, I'm looking good. Shakes my hand, walks by. That was my first like interaction with him. So then. And he knew probably, you by first name, which he did not know yeah, the other right interns so by was, first right, name. Okay, he, know, he knows who I am. He knows I'm here. So then he ends up, he leaves. Cause I think something big happened where he had some big, like, pizza review guest last minute or something. So we end up having to just leave kind of on the spot. So then Gaz, I ended up just sitting down with Gaz anyway. And Gaz just says, he's like, listen, like, Dave wants you here. So if you want to be here, like, you're here for an internship. So I'm like, say less. I'm like, done. I'm like, yeah, I'm here. Say less. I love that. I love that. <laughs> so I'm like, that's like, good. Sounds good. Thank you. So then, I'm out. <laughs> leave what I know. <laughs> yeah, but then I guess kind of the rest is history. So I started as intern that summer just worked my ass off all summer. I was working like nine to like eight, nine at night, sometimes like nine to midnight one, like doing, filling in producing shows, like whatever I need to do. Sure. And, and then Because you were fun. hungry and you wanted to be there. And when you want to be somewhere, you're willing to do whatever it takes to build the rapport with absolutely everybody there so that you can have relationships like you have right now with everyone at Barstool. For sure. And no, it, and the people there, I really, like, stress, I'm sure you've seen it as well, being there, like, couldn't it be nicer? Like, couldn't it be, like, people, especially me, because I think from the stick I did in my videos and just everything that had happened around, like, me, and there was a bunch of other stuff that happened where I, I got framed with some charges that, like, were not, that I did not actually, like, have. So there was, like, a lot of, like, negativity kind of around my name, I think, coming in. But then I cleared my name because I showed paperwork that what was being, like, basically brought against me was like not was being like alleged against me was not true at all. So I think there was a lot and then kind of had this like this cocky stick about me in the videos. And I think people thought that's how I was in real life. And then I came in and I think I so wasn't like that. And I think that they, I showed like, I'm very genuine and kind of like down to earth and I think people and that were hard work. And I think people really appreciated that. So then I think I was kind of able to win people over kind of easily because I think they had this negative, connotation about me but i think they were able to realize like very quickly that that wasn't the case i picked so up on your good. energy you know when i met you you're just amazing and i loved your story and i wanted to share it on my podcast because you know you got into into a, like a debacle right but you didn't quit it you continued and you were also smart enough as a, as a as a young man to say i've got to get in front of this i've got to shoot this video i've got to own that i made this mistake that i potentially jumped the gun but at what point in time did you realize that it all happened the way it was supposed to because had you just been sitting there with all those other interns Dave didn't know your name and wasn't able to walk up and shake your hand before he stepped out. It, you would have been one of many. Instead, you were a very unique one there that already kind of really had a good foot in the door. Yeah, I think it was. Well, that summer, the summers are weird at Barca a little bit because it's kind of obviously with there's the least sports. It's kind of like the off time a little bit. Dave always goes on vacation for like a month or so. So then he wasn't there a big part of it. So I remember the end of the summer came. And I basically came to, I said, listen, like my, my intern contract's up the up. I was an intern who I was like done with school. I graduated, which I think most of us were, but there was a few that weren't. So I kind of like wanted to have to sit down. Like I was like, listen, like I'm like, this contract's up. Like basically it's like extension time. It's like, what, like what's kind of the next, what do we do? So he kind of gave me, he gave me my, my moment, my sit down to like pitch him. 
And I remember, I remember feeling confident after my pitch. Like I remember feeling good because I really had worked hard that summer. I think anyone like that was around me knew that I'd had a lot of things that happened that summer that were like tough. Like I had, I had a, I actually had a friend and then a football coach commit suicide basically back to back weeks during that summer. Like didn't like, didn't miss, like just left early on Fridays for like, like kept the pushing, like was still there. And I just said, I said to him, I was like, I don't want pity. I was like, I'm just letting you know, like I'm here, like I'm here through whatever, like I'm here for whatever. And then I remember it was probably a couple days later, they were having a meeting downstairs in one of the, in like the glass meeting rooms we used to have on the side on the second floor. And I just got called in the meeting and it was so funny because a lot of people asked me like, was it this like this crazy moment where like you get offered the contract and this and that. I remember they called me in the room and it was a meeting for the college football show that they were like starting for that year. And Dave was just like, you got a job, like you're on the college football show, sit down. And I remember, ah, <laughs> and I remember, and but here it was funny because so how the table was set up, it has like behind the heads of the table against the wall. There's he used to do these goalie challenges down there before the office got bigger. Right. It was like too too full to do them. So there was a goalie net behind the head chair, which that was like the only one basically open. So I was that was one I was supposed to sit in. So I remember I pulled the chair out, and there's not even close to enough room because it keeps it's hitting like the goalie net. So there's not enough room to pull the chair out. And I remember I was so nervous. I just set the chair and I just stood there. And it was like, and it was like seven, eight of them around the table. And they're like, and they're just like, move the seat over there. This is going to be like a, like an hour meeting. And I remember I just stood there and I was, I was fully prepared to stand there as long as that meeting took. And I mean, this is, you know, I knew this story and I found it like, okay, I'm surprised that these things happen so young now. Remember when I was younger, there wasn't social media. Things weren't as competitive. You weren't labeled by your likes or how many followers you have. So nobody was really at your neck. You could kind of fly below the radar, even if you were doing well and not have people at you. But you grew up in a different generation where people are punking people and messing with their real head, you know, and it's sad for me to watch, but it's awesome to see how someone like you, you were young. What were you, 22 years old then? Yeah, I was, yeah, I just, I, yeah, 23, 23. Okay, 23 years old. I mean, mentally, you know, you were strong enough to go, I've got to keep going again with the video. I'm going to get in front of it again. I'm not throwing away my dream because I still want to work there again. I'm willing to be an intern until it's my turn to actually have this. I don't think a lot of people have that kind of tenacity. And that's something that's really important because I feel like, you know, you said there were some allegations. Like I feel like in this world today, we get knocked down so much by others. You know, even when you look on social media, people are just knocking people down all day long. Like if you notice, you know, with me, you're very much the same. Like if I don't have anything nice to say, I'm just not going to say anything at all. The only thing I might do is burn somebody that came at me weird on social media just to be funny and crack a joke once in a while. But I don't put out ill will, but I've had it happen to me. And I've had the sabotage come from people, you know, exterior in my lives that were, for some reason, spending more time focusing on their disdain for me than maybe trying to prop themselves up or prop up others. And it breaks my heart to see when I heard your story about how this happened to you. And I read, went back and read the blog. I I was sad for a minute. Cause I'm like, Oh my gosh, younger people have to go through so much more now than I did. And I don't know how I would have processed that information at your age. 
I don't know if it's because you've grown up with it and you're all a little bit more used to it, making you more resilient in the world that we live in today because of social media and because people can just put negative opinions and comments on all of your posts. And I guess you build a tougher shell. I think at 23, I may have crumbled. I I mean, I'll say this. I, at the time, especially like immediately, especially right after having to just go back to campus where this is, it was a weird time for me because I was struggling to deal with a lot of things where it was getting all the hate on the internet, but and like doing all this stuff. But then it was, it gave me this weird, like this weird outlook. Cause then I was going to bars and it, and it was different than before where like, when I would go to the bar, like it was like everyone knew who I was. And then it felt weird. Cause it felt like, especially on the internet, even though as much like as much love as you get or anything, the hate is what always like stands out to you. It's yeah. always what jumps out of you. It's always what you remember. So it'd be this weird thing where I'd go out and like everyone knows who I am. And then I always, it'd be like, I was always waiting for someone to just say something to like talk shit to me. And I always was someone that very was like, I always, am, I'm very like, I don't like just attack for no reason. Right. But I'm someone that when I feel like threatened, I just pounce. Like I'm very sure. like, reactionary. Sure. I'll definitely admit I'm very reactionary. Like I'm someone who is not afraid. I, I don't like, uh, like, I don't confrontation. Like yeah, I don't like confrontation. But when it's brought to me, I've never been afraid of it. Like I'm I'm I have no issue jumping in it. I don't like starting. I'm the same. I will not so I start it. Show. But if you engage with me and, and, you know, like a cat with their hair going up on their back, mm-hmm. if you engage and you put me in mode to protect, then I'm going to do it. I'm going to respond. And did you find that in public people didn't have that same set of balls to say negative things like they did to you on social media? Well, yeah, because well, in, well, see, it was because in person, it was always like I was waiting for someone to say something bad, and it was just all like just getting showered with love, and all these and getting taken all these pictures to the point that, like my friends would like mess with me or whatever. People, I'd be around with guys, girls would mess with me, be like, oh, like is that the barstool guy? Because like I'd be out at the bar and like it would just nonstop people asking pictures and all this. So it was this weird thing where like I was trying not to let it get to my head at all because at the same time I'm thinking of this and I'm like Dave like probably doesn't even know who I am. So like this is all happening and like getting this like this notoriety around campus where then like the second semester comes around. It's like every class I walk into, like most of the people like know who I am when I walk in. It's very weird because I don't because it's weird. I guess it's weird for someone to say this who is like, I guess, a content creator for a living that I don't necessarily love it. Like I I appreciate it to like the highest degree. And I wouldn't say like, don't come up to me or anything if you see me. But I'm very like, I don't. It's, it's hard for me, I guess, to get showered with love like that because I think, not to get too deep and, like, personal, I think it's always – I think I'm still trying to figure out ways to, like, kind of, like, love myself, I guess. So it's weird to, like, kind of get showered with all this love from all these people that you don't know at all. It can I, be confusing. I guess, I guess and, if you, and, and if it you allow it, to, you're trying to prevent being narcissistic. You're trying to prevent letting it feed your ego. You're trying to be the same and you're afraid that it's going to penetrate your like, I want to be me and I want to stay doing my thing the way I've always done my thing. And I think when you're getting so much attention and so much love, it's really easy to get thrown off a bit. And also, you know, sometimes when you're out with your friends, you just want to be you. You don't want to be attached to what you're doing for work. You just want to be you and maybe sit with your four friends and talk to the server and that's it. And when you enter into a realm that you entered into, those days are behind you. The only way you could be alone is to invite people to your place or you go to their place. Cause when you're out, 
you know, people are talking as you walk by and they're acknowledging who you are. And it's kind of a weird, you know, I deal with that as well. So it's kind of a weird thing. Yeah, because I think for me, I was always someone I always like loved to have a good time, party, dance. And I think it felt like by the second semester, my last year, it almost felt like I lost the ability to do that. And I know it sounds crazy because like, I don't know, the, like as big as the campus Ohio State is, it's still like a small bubble, small world where it's like everyone knows the Barstool Ohio State account at the time. Like that year it had taken some big growth. And then if you follow that or even see it, like you see me on it. So it's kind of, it was this weird, like this very weird thing where it was just, especially by like, and it just kept getting more and more and more and more and more. So as it counts getting more views, like more followers, I'm going out more. And then every time, like each time I go out, it's like more and more, like it never gets less. Did you feel that you were afraid to let your guard down and have too many drinks because so many people are talking to you all the time? It was like, yes and no. Like sometimes it felt like that, but then sometimes I would almost get like more drunk. So it was like bad. Right. It could go either way. Because I remember the one time I got, I guess I got really, really drunk. And I think I threw up in the bar. So then people literally like, yo, like the fucking, like that big F kid just fucking puked in the bar. So then it's not like, oh, just some random kid threw up. Like it's, oh, like he threw up. Right, right. You're not just 80 to the guy. I think he was wearing a blue shirt. He threw up at the bar last night. No, it's Big F. We all know who he is. You can find his blog. If you're not sure, here's his social media. Um, You can talk to him about it. So since you started and you started really covering college sports, you were a student at Ohio State. I'm trying to think what athletes were coming out of Ohio State at that time. Um, Was Zeke there? So my, so my, uh, see, so I came right after the national championship. Okay. Okay. So like my, I went to Ohio State for three years. I transferred. So like Zeke was there like the first year. When I, the, the team that was there my first year was like the, like that was a, that was a Joey big year. Bo- that was a Joey Bosa. Right. Uh, Zeke. That was the year we had five picks in the first five of the first 20 picks. Oh, uh, how exciting for writing content. And so since you ventured into Barstool, you've now branched off and started doing a lot of things that you've put your personal stamp on. Uh, one of them is uh, 808 Smoke Breaks, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell yep. us a little bit about 808 Smoke Breaks. So the podcast I do with my with my guy, Wayne Jetsky, it's really just, it's pretty much just like hip hop, like the culture, like pop culture kind of around it base. We just like, for us, we just like to mess around. We're very like intimate in terms of we like talk about our a lot about our personal lives and our stories and just things that go on. So we can just chop it up, like break balls, we'll, like mix a little, a little sports in there, just whatever like comes up. But that like, gave example, you a, this- a different outlet, right? Because it wasn't so narrow as just sports. If sports comes into it, that's great. But you're also helping people your age, around your age, maybe younger than you navigate through maybe some relationship conversations, some personal conversations, dealing mm-hmm. with loss, you know, how you process dealing with such substantial loss at a young age. Yeah, literally everything. Cause it's funny. Cause when we started the podcast about a year ago, we're all three of us, all like mid twenties, all single right now. We all have girlfriends. All it's just so funny the way, like the evolution of the show is even, like, it's funny the way it's just kind of changed because the people that have listened from like the beginning, it's so funny the way, because we used to go off on these tangents of obviously just like anything from just like past like sexual experiences to just like at like just partying and college and just all different types of things. And now it's funny just, just dealing with the ball and chain. Just And, and you love uh, your I girlfriend. Love, love you love your no, girlfriend so even, much. She, she listens. She likes to mess with me a little bit too because she, she's like, oh, like blah, 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 like this and that. 
but she got she's like likes to just mess with me, but she's cool with it. She loves it. And it's and, a lot of fun. And so after meeting you, and I I gotta say, like, you know, I will say the very first time I was ever at Barstool, I sent a mass text to all of my friends that said Leaving Barstool has me feeling some kind of way. Uh, there's just an energy and everybody is so focused. The content creators are so on point. Everything. I mean, I'm in the cab and I'm already getting, you know, little clips to post on social media. I'm like, oh my God, this is like everything. This gets it. And I also just felt the vibe that everybody there really works together well, really helps each other out, really is just like, even though everybody's doing their own thing, they're all one big collective thing. And then we get into this phase where we're not going into studio and there's a bit of loneliness that comes with facing quarantine when you've been a part of such a big group in an office that is so inspiring and there's so many people that you look forward to seeing and you decided to evolve again and you decided to start this fitness weight loss journey that was, first of all, I love where you were shooting everything because I'm a big nature girl, even though I live in the city and I was just envious with the big fields behind you. You were back in Ohio at that time shooting a bunch of stuff, right? And you were running, you're still running five miles a day. Like you took on this like, okay, well, I'm not going to be in the studio. So I guess this is time for me to do my own thing again. And your content you created Okay, because, you know, units respect units is one of my favorite hashtags here. It's units respect units. You have now lost how much weight and how long has it been since you've been on this journey? Um, I've lost 70 pounds. Holy I, so shit. I, so when I that's started- That's a whole stripper. In, that's, like a, that's like a small stripper, 70 pounds. You're like a crackhead yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I, I started, it was April 6th, I believe, was the first day I started. So- it was a little bit into the quarantine, a little bit in before I actually started, started. And then, yeah, it's been going great. I think just recently, I've probably let my foot off the gas a little bit where I've been letting myself, I've still been working out and everything, but I've definitely been less strict in the diet where I think I've been giving myself a little bit of like a, kind of just like a mental break from just being so like- It's very just, good. I was just so locked in. It's for very like good. three, four months just straight of just like, just like agonizing myself with the scale and this all this and it's funny because then once i started like just re probably the last like two three weeks i've started just letting my foot off the gas and so i was like let myself enjoy a little bit more bad food eating a little bit more and it's funny because i've thought like because when i was being more strict the the weight was obviously flying off but it almost but then it was like the days that i wouldn't be like i say i have my one cheat day it would just hammer back on and it's funny that I've noticed the last few weeks just kind of like not eating just whatever I want, but kind of just being a little more like not afraid to say like have like something, whatever, like a sandwich, like just or French whatever. fries or whatever. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, I've, and it's funny because I've noticed the weight is still I've noticed even the days that I've eaten bad. It's almost like I've kind of got my body. I think this whole thing has kind of helped my metabolism. Of course, I, I was going to tell you that you have sped up your metabolism. So now your body is on a different kind of way, right? Like I know me, you know, and how I do things. I mean, I'm, I'm a, I'm a clean eater, but like, I'll tell you this and you're doing this right now because we're getting to go out and see friends a bit more. We're getting to be around people. And when I'm around people, I'll have some fries. I'll eat what I want. But like when I go on vacation, Usually on vacation, I'm not going to work out because I'm going to walk around. I don't really want to pack gym clothes. I'm like, it's vacation. I'll get a walk in, what have you. And on vacation, I eat whatever I want. If I want to eat three desserts in a day, if I want to eat a ton of bread, if I want to eat a ton of cheese. And it's wild because when you get back, you expect that you're going to put on weight. 
And you haven't because your body is burning through it because you've now kicked yourself up. And it's really good to take a mental break from the pressure. You know, one of the things I did like three years ago was I got rid of my scale. Cause I was like, okay, the scale is just stressing me out too much because a woman's weight can fluctuate so much, right? And whatever time of the day you weigh yourself, you can be, have more water weight, whatever. So I was like, I will just have a couple of pair of jeans that are like my go-to. These were my, when I felt my best jeans. And if I go to put them on and they're tight, it's like, okay, I need to get in some more cardio, but I just, you know, you make it that simple. But what you've done by inspiring other people, by making these videos, by sticking with it, by also admitting when you fall off the wagon, this has also pushed you into another realm where you've started a new podcast about this journey. And I was able to be a guest on that podcast. You were, I can't wait. We've had one come out. I can't wait. The The next we are dropping very soon. I'm excited. I've got you on. I had a Eric, I had Erica Lugo, who's a trainer on The Biggest Loser. Had some people in the office. It was a, Autumn Blood had a player on the Canucks. It's really awesome. Excited. Those will be dropping on the blog shortly. And what is the name of that podcast? No, Fit Check. Fit Check is a great name. So like, look, here you were a college student at Ohio State, just following your dreams, doing the things that you wanted to do. And you know, your direction was right. Wasn't it wasn't your fault that somebody reached out to you and led you to believe because they did everything right, area code, everything right. But it was all meant to be. And I think that overwhelming emotional roller coaster that you went on was so great because now I bet you when shit happens to you, you're like, it's going to take a little bit more than that to like stress me out. Oh, right? it, oh, it's, it's been long, long before that. The, the, the shit that I've happened, I feel like in my life, I've had the rug ripped out from under me so many times that I mean, as a, as a high school student, I was basically sent away from my parents' house oh. for being like a bad kid, essentially oh. got sent away for like eight months to like a reform, like a reform school, like a yeah. reform school that really was more like a slave school like that. Oh, that was like the worst thing I've ever done in my life. So once that happened, that was from, I was there from the beginning of May, my junior year in high school to right before Christmas in my senior year. So mm-hmm. I like missed my, I was like, was good you missed your player. friends. Miss, you miss missed everything. Yeah. Missed everything. And then, and then two years later, my, so, my, so I went to Coastal Carolina at start of college. My first semester, the fall semester, my second year, I was arrested and thrown out of school for, uh, for selling weed. I was selling like, a lot of weed. I, someone ended up snitching on me. My door got hit with a battering ram. Oh, whole no, nine, no. Whole Man, nine, this gun, is extreme gun, shit, gun, buddy. Gun, gun, guns drawn in my room. So Over I, some I weed? I mean, really, or, you know, yeah. it's just crazy, right? Right. So, yeah, so this was, so that was like, got kicked out of college, like, Everything. And it was crazy. It was so, so big Ev, let me stop you right there. You've had a lot of difficult conversations with your parents. Oh, you have no idea. <laughs> you have no idea. No, no, I have an idea. You have had <laughs> a lot, but you and I, the similarity is that we're extremely curious. We're also hustlers. Um, and sometimes those things kind of collide in a weird way. Okay. And when we're young, Curiosity is something that we don't celebrate enough because if you're too curious in class or you feel like you're not learning something, you get bored. People, as we get older, teachers and leaders are telling us like, no, you have to do this. 
We were never meant to do this. You, Big Ev, were never meant to be put in this box. You have such an amazing outpouring of just creativity and energy and just this wealth of like this good vibe. And of course, that was going to be tough during your young years. It was tough for me during my young years out of my own young as a teenager because my parents just couldn't deal with it anymore at all. So I completely know what that's like. And then you flash forward to where I am right now at 48 years old. And I realized like, this is just how it had to work out because I was pushing and pushing and pushing in a way that people didn't understand. And when people don't understand it, they resist it. And they want you to try to go back to exactly what they understand. But every step you've taken has put you where you're supposed to be. You're supposed to be with Barstool. You're supposed to be writing, creating, doing content. Um, you know, all the things you become involved with have just grown. And then during quarantine, when many people were getting depressed, many people were putting on weight, many people were losing, you know, hope. You decided in April, when you say April 6th, you know, you waited a bit. I think it took us all about a month to stop watching the news and accept, holy fucking shit, this is the state of the world right now. Like, I, 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 you know, after the NBA shut down, I locked myself down and just kind of stared at my TV like, what's next? Like, what are we going to do? And so you waited that bit of time. But at April 6th, you have to remember, some people were just really starting to fall deeper and you decided to rise up again. You started shooting your workout videos. You prepared for Fit Check, your new podcast, your blog that everyone's going to be a part of at Barstool. You continue to just peel off the layers of your onion because you're such an interesting young man and you're a self-starter. No one told you April 6th, like, hey, we got free time. Let's go run miles during that time. We'll wrap this up in a couple of minutes. But during that time of your extreme workout, you ended up having to go in for surgery. I did. I did about a month in. Yeah. And that was a hernia, right? Yep, hernia. Yeah, so that was really that was really what got like kind of the walking thing started because I was doing more like workout type things in the beginning. And then once that happened, I wasn't able to do anything besides walk. So now it's kind of transitioned. Now that I'm I'm better now and everything, it's transitioned to like a like a run walk. And that I've just gotten kind of more just built it up and, and just have more stamina, like lost the weight. Just the got better, better. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just been great. It really like I just feel so much better. Like I just feel it's funny because now it's so like it's so active in my mind, I guess you could say that at, at how bad I used to feel. Cause I because now it's like feeling better. It almost it almost sticks out to me even more in my head that like say six months ago that I just was so like lazy and just felt like moving everything was just like was just like an issue just just like getting up walking to the train or even just walking from the train to the office 70 pounds is a lot of weight i mean it's a lot of additional weight to carry when you start to shed it you spring out of bed differently you sleep better you like recover better from a long work day like all of a sudden you realize like everything's better and it's because you've taken this big step and I will say this, um, your hernia was made a lot easier because of your girlfriend. Am I right? For sure. She took care of me. I was, I was in Ohio at her house. So I ended up staying there because especially at that time 
with Corona. That was like New York was at its height. Oh, we Ohio were peaking here. Believe me, I was, I was scared like, to walk outside of my apartment. Okay. I was scared. It was bad here. It was sad. I'd go and ride the bike in Central Park and they had that makeshift uh, hospital set up. And, you know, you don't want to think there's people dying in there while you're riding your bike. Like that was really tough. But when I saw your surgery photos, and also before the surgery, I will say that you're my TikTok dream. Uh, I, I'm not a TikToker myself, but I enjoy to watch TikToks. And when you would put on those little outfits, my friends would text me and be like, yo, did you see your friend's TikTok today? And they'd send it to me, like my younger friends who are all following you on TikTok. And I'm like, oh, he's got that outfit on or that thong or that bodysuit. But you went through that and I knew that I wasn't worried about you because I knew how good your relationship was with your girlfriend, that you'd stay there and that she'd take care of you. And it was probably a really bonding time for you, you and her. But, you know, Big Ev, I mean, I just have been so um, excited getting to know you more and learning more about you and really just watching you, you know, dive into new projects and take on all of this. So it's been awesome. And I'm really, really, really glad that I got to have you and I got to be in studio with you for my first hug after quarantine. It was an honor. Thank, thank you so much for having me. You're literally like my biggest, you're, you're my biggest hype man there is. I want to be your the, hype man. You, you know, I'm like a, everyone's like great aunt or like their, their um, uh, godmother, right? Everyone's like, Lisa's like a fairy godmother. You know, I just really love younger people doing their thing and I support it so much. And I just want to, you to know that I see the things that you have to endure that I didn't have to endure at your age. So I just want to be there to give that extra love. And so everyone, please follow at Double Vodka Dawn on Twitter and Instagram. You can see his work at Barstool. You can check out at 808 Smoke Breaks and get ready for Fit Check. You are going to love it. Down 70 pounds. My friend Big Ev, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much. You're the best. If you enjoyed that conversation as much as I enjoy my friendship with Big Ev, the fact that he was my very first hug out of quarantine, my very first in-person, in-studio interview, please give him a follow at Double Vodka Don. He would appreciate it. We're trying to build up his numbers on Insta. And now let's build up the numbers of the amazing questions I'm getting from people who truly want to get to know me. Thank you very much. That's the AskLisaAnn at gmail.com. Get involved. And then the wild ride of the emails where I've just got to sift through how many people think that uh, I am for hire, which again, I'm not. But the emails are good and they're funny to read. So I'm bringing in my producer today. My producer, who I just found out last week, is also a fantasy football player, which means that we're going to be able to touch base on how we did in our week-to-week matchups throughout the season. And this is going to be very exciting. Please welcome my producer, Christopher Tyler. Hey, I'm coming off the bench today, Lisa. I've been, I've been on the bench off, for the last few weeks. Coming off the bench, I well like put. The starters are uh, taking a bit of a rest. I'm coming in. My job is just not to not to fuck it up, pretty much. But we've well, got listen, a nice lead. I yeah, we got a nice do my lead. Job and that's it. It's like you're in the bubble. You're a scrub, yep. but you're used to playing small ball. Yep. So like you are going to excel right now. So let's go. I put them in a nice order. Uh, kept them a little bit more on the same sense this week because we had such a positive and inspiring conversation with Big Ab. I wanted to keep the tone kind of moving that way. Let's go. Question number one. Uh, question number one comes from TESP2006. Now, the funny thing about this email, Lisa, is that the entire question or the entire email is just in the subject. There's no body in this email. Nobody. Says, nobody. Just uh, in the subject matter. Ridiculous. So bizarre. Yeah. Already, already that's strange. Hi, Lisa Ann. I would like to know how guys in, how guys in total have you been with 
And do you do private meets? Maybe a word missing there. Uh, definitely a word missing. Also a skill set missing. Can you imagine if we asked this young man to address an envelope and put it in the mail? I mean, when you can't no decide chance. between the subject for an email and the body where you actually write your question, we have concerns for you. He would not be a friend of the Postal Service. He would not be able to address it properly and get it to me. But the funny thing about that question to me is he's curious about how many. So I wonder, Chris, if I told him too many, would he then say, no, he didn't want to be with me anymore? <laughs> or would it mean he would want to be with you more? Because who knows? We don't know. But well, at least he, he capitalized no your name. I'm, I'm, I'm interested that he actually capitalized your name. Normally, when you see emails like this, it's just all lowercase the entire time. It's all caps. He is yelling in the subject matter with a megaphone and then decides to go silent in the body part of the email. So we will just let you know, everybody, that is just the randomness that I see on a right. When I click on it, try to open the email and I'm like, huh, there's nothing here. It's just a subject. Okay, we'll take it. (laughs) Number two question. Number two. This is from Jim. Hello, Miss Lisa Ann. What happened with you doing your fantasy football on? I believe it was Monday night and Thursday night. And I just wanted to say that you are one of the most remarkable woman, women that I've listened and learned to know about. And it would be an honor if we were ever able to meet. Respectfully, Jim. Uh, the respectfully really seals the deal right there. Nice. I like that men are starting to get smarter. So now they no longer talk to me about porn as their, you know, gate in, right? They're like, let me talk to her about what she's doing now. Pique her interest. She'll be a lot more intrigued by me because, yes, I only listen to her fantasy football advice. But I guarantee you he is listening with the volume down on some sort of tube site and multitasking. So we'll go with that first. But it is important that I share with everyone there have been programming changes with the channel. So now on Fantasy Sports Radio, instead of having me on in the evenings, I'm on in the mornings. You can hear me Mondays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays on Guru in the Morning. That show is 7 to 10 a.m. Eastern time. You can always go back and listen on demand on the app. And so I was glad that he asked because I forget to tell everyone for seven years I had the same show spot on Monday night. And now the amazing football diehards are there and I'm there in the morning, which is kind of cool because I'm a morning person and I love it. Next I'll, question. I'll be I'll be listening as well. I need all the help that I can get in regards to fantasy. I'm, I'm still relatively new to the fantasy game. This is only going to be my third season playing because when I was back in Australia, I just, I just didn't play. I only really started playing once I moved to the States. But any help that I can get, I'm going to use. So I'll definitely What can help you too is the channel on Twitter at SiriusXMFantasy tweets out links to draft boards and also does the on-demand of the actual draft. And what I found when I first started in 2013, I would look at these experts and go, if this is the team they built, this has to be a good team. I need to know why. And then I would listen to the replay of the actual draft wow. and I would understand how they're building it. And I would be like, oh, Okay, and you know, they are so keen. They're looking at bye weeks, which is things that you can forget about. And next thing you know, you have three wide receivers that all have the same bye week. Like mm-hmm. just little things like taking a defense with the latest bye week so you don't have to worry about making that move in a lineup roster change on the waiver wire. Like I learned so much from those drafts. So if I were you, I would stare at that draft board while you're listening to them, give the breakdown on why they built their team that way. That's what I'm going to do. I'm pumped for the draft. That's one of my favorite Favorite days of the year is the the fantasy football draft. So good. Next question. This is from Jeff. So how was being at Oxford? 
<laughs> I really enjoyed that panel a lot. Agreed with just about everything you said. I will say, Chris, this was one of the coolest emails I ever got. And the funny thing was I didn't realize how this works. You know, the Oxford Union uh, in England, getting an opportunity to go there. And the topic was going to be porn education in schools, additionally with the age gate that other countries are trying to establish that young people can't just click the box that says they're 18 and watch content that they're not really mentally prepared enough to process. And when I got the first invitation, you know, I sent it to a couple friends who know about the Oxford Union. I was just like flattered, honored, thrilled. And then I find out Dr. Ruth is going to be on the panel, but she's going to be on the panel opposite me. I have to debate against Dr. Ruth. Like, I love her so much. Uh, I got to have dinner and sit across the table. And when you go to the Oxford Union, they give you a liaison for the day who gives you a complete tour of the property, all of the libraries. I mean, so much of Harry Potter was shot at Oxford Union meeting the students. But what I didn't realize was the students put this on. They put on these debates. It's their project. And when you meet the person who you've been emailing with that you think is older and you meet him, he's like 19. And he was the responsible party that reached out to you. They got you your flight. They made sure somebody picked you up at the airport. Like this person did all of these things. And you're like, wow, I trusted myself. Like we talked on the phone, you know, when there's that accent I think people sound more mature and they're educated young people. So they're just amazing. But that was a highlight for me. It was a highlight being in a room with such gifted young individuals that are so open to debate, uh, bring so many great topics. Everybody, a lot of people stood up afterwards, then gave their opinions and their thoughts. And it was just powerful and moving. And I'm so glad that I had that opportunity. I wish people said that my accent made me sound more mature, but I've never heard that before. (laughs) That would have been nice. <laughs> I think we have, what, one more? One more. This is from Akash. Akash? I don't know. Akash. Hi, Lisa. I'm a big fan. I would like to know your views on armpit fetish. I'm a 26-year-old man who has a strong fetish towards female armpits. That's good that he specified female armpits there. Okay. Yeah, it I is feel, good. I feel awkward to discuss about it with my friends or anyone closer to me. I want to know if it's normal or should I do something about it? Also, are you looking forward to make a video related to armpit fetish in the future? Okay, first we'll just get the word normal out of the way. You know, I have a little coffee table book. The cover says normal is just a setting on your dryer. None of us really know what normal is because your normal is very different than my normal, right? The armpit fetish. Now, what I need to do is do a Google search because Categories are added to adult content, like on tube sites, on Pornhub, and on everything. And sometimes they'll capture like two to three minutes of content in a movie so that they could use the tagging foot fetish, armpit fetish, you know, all these little fetishes, because obviously there's people that is are into this. Um, but I don't know of it yet. I probably should have gone down that rabbit hole, but I just don't want a bunch of windows popping up. Like I would need to use a friend's computer because I don't want armpit videos flying at me left and right. This is interesting. Now, we never want to judge anybody that has a fetish. We want to be very open-minded. But the armpit fetish is his. 
And he closes the email asking if I'm looking forward to doing an armpit fetish video when I didn't even know about it. I'm curious, are you naked in the video or is it just the armpit that's naked? Like I read into so many questions. Uh, this is going to, this is going to, we're going to touch back on this one. And we're also going to see if this is a category and, uh, Maybe it isn't a great idea for him to discuss this with his friends, right? You're, you're young. Your friends would probably remember this. And then they'd see you at clubs, like not making eye contact <laughs> with girls, but like staring down, not making boob eye contact, but like staring at their armpits. Like this could become a little odd. Uh, so I would say to him, refrain from getting too crazy, but he just needs to Google it and find it just like the rest of us. Shout out to you and your armpit fetish, yo. Uh, good luck with all your endeavors and hopefully you find someone else that is into it as much as you are. Exactly. And he doesn't have to tell his friends. That's why he's got you. That's why everyone <laughs> has you. If they want to discuss their fetishes, if you're, if you're unsure whether you should be discussing it with friends, refrain for now. Just ask Lisa and then we can read it on this show. And you had said about your accent making you sound smarter, that you'd not heard that. But here's the great thing. You came off the bench today to be part of the Ask Lisa Ann Mailbag segment. And you're my first guest with a killer accent. So I think, Hell you yeah. know, my bench player stood up like like Joel Embiid when he first started doing interviews. You couldn't understand him at all. Or even Giannis, <laughs> who has gotten so much better with his English, right? When Giannis first came, he barely spoke English. So we have these accents. So we have this. So you added a highlight and a highlight from all of you to me would be for you to like, subscribe, leave a review. I hope that you're enjoying this podcast and as much as you're enjoying it, share those thoughts with me and build that excitement with me. We'll be back with you. Don't forget, you can email me, asklisaann at gmail. Keep listening. Have a great rest of your day and thanks for joining me for the Lisa Ann Experience.